I was doing the most international things I had ever done. We were doing our biggest brand partnerships. I want to say that 80% of it, Morgan was there as a friend. I will say that as a friend, but her business mind never turns off. She joined me when we did an event in Croatia. She joined me when we did an event in Ghana and had a chance to rap her doing Tell Me. She saw all of this stuff. And I think she just put it in her mental Rolodex. And when the opportunity came, when opportunity meets the work, you got something special. Hello and welcome to Hustle Over Everything Podcast. This podcast where you receive stories, tips, and tactics for entrepreneurs who have done it. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen Osinde. And today we have a treat for you. You saw the video uh, on our Instagram, one of our highest performing videos yeah. ever, actually, right? Bro, I can't believe this is happening, bro. I can't believe it's happening. This is the power <laughs> of the internet. This is the power of the internet right here, fellas. I'm the gram, baby. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. So, yo, so we have, you know, um, somebody who I think is going to be a big uh, corporate star in the next few years. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think they're going to be one of the, I said it in the podcast, so I don't even say it now. I'll, I'll, I'll let you hear it at the end. You know what I'm saying? Um, we have Charles and Shireen in the building. Charles, how are you? Good, good. Good. Thank you for having us. I'm excited to chat with you guys. Your clip was very funny. Um, yeah. 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 He called me a loser or uh, uh, <laughs> about five times. We're gonna get to that, Alex. <laughs> I told you we're going somewhere today. I'm here. All right. <laughs> uh, so so let I was gonna save it for the end, but but, but let's <laughs> let's jump into it off top, off top. All right. So what was your first opinion when you saw the viral clip? Yeah, so people mm-hmm. started reaching out to me. About it, like tagging me, like, yo, 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 like, this is your life story. And so I go to it. And the first thing, to your point about production, we're podcasters. For better, best podcasts, we do it. We mm-hmm. understand the work that it takes just to have a few little animations. But y'all had an animation for the entire story. So I was like floored at the production level. And then I actually like took a second view to really like think about what the story that you were telling, like, that's a long, this is 10 years of life that we're talking about from us being dating and and her paying, you know, for the meal on her credit card to this acquisition that happened like a month ago. I was like, that's respect. For you to know who Morgan is for y'all not to be local in America. You know what I mean? I was just like, I like these dudes. Um, um, and so despite being called what they call me broke. <laughs> call me broke five times. I can't wait. Um, I appreciated you all sharing that story about us because it is one that I think is important to be told. Like we we had nothing. We got together just young folks mm-hmm. in love with a dream, with a vision. Mm-hmm. And I know we're gonna get into it, but like well, her by my side, I feel like I could do anything. And literally, I've been doing mm-hmm. almost anything, you know what I mean? Between her and God. So it's just amazing, it's beautiful, and I really truly appreciate y'all telling that from across the pond that you well, y'all not across the pond, but in the six. <laughs> Yes, most definitely, man. Most definitely. All right. So let's take a step back. How did y'all meet? Um, he was an HR issue waiting to happen wow. at, at work. Wow. Uh, so we met at our first job out of college. We were like financial analysts and we ended up on the same team together. 
Um, and I don't know if y'all know our story, but he had a girlfriend. We started off as friends. So he was just like my coworker. There wasn't that many black people. So mm-hmm. it was like, we clicked, we were talking, we were going to lunch. I was dating because I was looking for, I wanted a husband. And I was very clear about that. Um, and one day he was just like, so what you want to do? And I was like, about what? <laughs> I told her I liked her. And she was like, are you about this or you're not about she this? she said, I don't know what to do with that information. What should I? It was spicy. It was spicy. <laughs> now to be fair, I still had a girl. You can watch it all on Black Love. Uh, it was it was a, it was an interesting time. It was messy. Time. It was messy. But you know, through that, we we were able to, I think, realize that you know, I was the one for her. She was the one for me. It took it took a lot of back and forth. Yeah. Together. It, wasn't a, it wasn't a one-time conversation. Let's go. Yeah, no, it took some convincing, but I, I knew what I wanted, and obviously, it was a fact. So. Most definitely, most definitely. Now, from looking at the Black Love clip, there was a point about being curved. You know what I'm saying? So, so mm-hmm. what happened with the curve? Is that what you just were talking about? Yeah. Kind of. So I told her I liked her. She was like, nah. But then when I actually broke up and I was single and wanted to pursue her, no. she still told me no. And that was when I got offended. That I'm still shocked. I see your face, Alex. you like, how did they get here? Was, it took a lot. It's... It took a lot for me to let that one go. Oh. So it really wasn't a curve. Him and him and his girlfriend mm. at the time had been, they were like college sweethearts. They had been together for a long time. Mm. So in my head, I'm like, y'all broke up five minutes ago. This is not an actual breakup. Mm. Y'all are going to get back together because that's what people do. We're young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was just like, I don't want to be in the middle of this when y'all start trying to get back together. <laughs> So I and also we work together. So I was like, if this additional nuance. If this all goes hell, I still gotta see you every day. It's no like it's no actual curving you because I'm gonna see you at work. And when I say with each other, it wasn't like different floors, different teams. No, we worked on the same team right next to each other. Like Mm. we made just think about how we're sitting now. It was was maybe like a few more feet between (laughs) us. So it was like I'm not not seeing you. Mm. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, I don't like mess. So I'm just trying to avoid it. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. All right, all right. So now, let's set the stage for the viral clip for what the times that happened before that. Because from what it sounds like, y'all met working. You've always been someone that kept a job. You was never like uh, you weren't Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? From 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 insecure. I know it kind of sounded like you're Lawrence, but you were not a Lawrence. Let's keep it. Maybe you're Lawrence towards the end where you actually had a job. You know what I'm saying? So so. Walk through the stages of, of where you were at before you guys went out that night. Um, mm. So I, shortly after we left that, we were at that job and we did start dating. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, I have an exit plan. So even if it goes bad, um, I was getting ready to go to graduate school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if it goes bad, it's just a few more weeks. And then I'm out of this place. I'm never seeing this man again. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't go bad. So we started dating. I moved to Indiana, which is like the middle of nowhere, rural America. Push, you pushing it. You pushing it. It is the middle of nowhere. I'm, I'm from, from Chicago. I'm from New York. So. And so she just <laughs> looping it all in is the middle of nowhere. Anywhere that's anywhere is not relax. New York, the middle of nowhere for me. <laughs> so he at the time he was still working at the time. He had at that point gotten a new job, but we were doing long distance. I was driving back and forth to pick him up, and then I got you. Let go. I'm going to start saying I got fired. I think I, is, is the F word right? Yeah, you got fired. So today you were severance, but until I moved into HR, I didn't realize that they'll just severance you out to keep you quiet. To keep you quiet versus 
saying you're bad at your job. So I'm going to stop saying that I got laid off because I got let go. Definitely got yeah. fired. And they just gave me a severance. They gave him a little money. They was like, all right. It didn't I was out. not good. I was absolutely not good. It was not it wasn't the right a good fit. fit. Yeah, it wasn't the right fit. So he got let go and he called me. I'm at school and he's like, so they fired me. And I was like, well, what you about to do? He was like, I'm going to get on a plane and come see you. Figure it out. Wow. So was not a good plan because like mm-hmm. his life was in New York and if and this is pre-pandemic days where if you have an interview you gotta go to an office for the interview yeah. so people will call him for interviews he's like mm, I'll be back in two weeks it's like who for, he's you, giving Lawrence yeah I'm like <laughs> the person on the other end is like he not for real let's move on and it's not like it's a super senior job right he's like entry level so it, those are the kind of jobs you gotta actually show up for because yeah. there's so many people on the market so he was basically living with me. He was getting unemployment, which in the U.S. is not a lot. It can't sustain most people. So between like me doing my little on-campus job and my savings and his unemployment, we were making ends, literal ends meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I moved out of my apartment in Manhattan. And I mean, we worked in finance. So we were doing okay. But like saving wasn't a thing at that time that was like a priority for me at all. I saved to go to Miami and go crazy. And then it was just paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. So after that severance dried up very quickly, I had nothing to really lean on. And so I like moved into a shared apartment in Brooklyn and, you know, I was with her and my money dried up getting unemployment, but I still had like bills and credit cards and stuff. So it was definitely, definitely like a rough time. Um, And from a career perspective, I at that point realized that I was going to want to transition into recruiting. Um, and that was a longer path. I was spent six months unemployed before somebody was willing to give me a job to be a recruiter. And in that book, the story happened while the money dried up. So in that six months, when I ran out of money, we were at B school. So that everybody's clear as to this, because some of your comments was like, why did he go? Well, I'm going to clear this up. So we were in Indiana it was one of her closest <laughs> friends from B school. Her boyfriend was coming to visit. Now, I was just always there. So you should have got came. a degree. I should have got a degree because I literally spent a year, there. a year there doing nothing but hanging out playing video games. Um, but her boyfriend was coming to town. He's one of her closest friends. So we were all going out together. So why I felt um, disappointed in that moment is because the guys are supposed to pay in that scenario. That's what I'm saying. Her man's there. I'm there. The bill's supposed to come. Two cards go. Issue was my card had no money on it. So... As they're ordering around, everybody's kicking, good vibes, I'm sweating. Yes, that meme that you put, that's how I felt. So they're like, why did he put? It was like, I didn't have a choice. I told her I did not want to go. And she was like, bro, like. So to put this in perspective, um, Mm -hmm. this is like, this is not fancy high dining. Think like probably Applebee's or Chili's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's probably maybe forty dollars per couple. Yeah, about to, I was gonna say a hundred dollar total we, bill. We're getting appetizers. It's not. Drinks. It wasn't gonna. We're be not getting steak yeah, dinners. It wasn't like people going crazy. <laughs> so but even still, I didn't like that. I was trying to get Jimmy John's, which is one of her campus favorites, to move on. But I got forced into that situation. Also, <laughs> everyone knew he was unemployed. It wasn't a secret that he was unemployed yeah. because everyone knew yeah. Sheree's boyfriend's hanging around campus saying <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go here. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do me like that. <laughs> so, so 
So if I paid, it wouldn't have been some shocker. Yeah, but like my ego couldn't take it at that mm-hmm. time. Like I wanted to. I'm a provider at heart, as Shereen says on Black Love. Yeah, I want to, you know, be that type of person, and so. Which is why the comments dragging him. I'm like, y'all, I was fine to pay because I know who he is. <laughs> because you know who he is. Yes. That was the biggest yes. thing, you know? And I, that, I think the funniest thing about the comments was that they weren't really paying attention to what we were doing. We weren't trying to big him up. We were trying, we were trying to big you up, you know? Because you recognized yeah. um, what, where his ego was as well as what he needed at the moment, you know? And stepped in and did what you needed to do to, to help him through that time. So if he was embarrassed, that would have brought him down further versus you mm-hmm. didn't let him, let him give up hope and was like, nah, I got you, you know? Which was huge at the moment. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. All right. But now um, the comments went, went crazy. Anything else you'd like to say to the people in the comments? No, we, we, we have a podcast. We've gotten used to it. I just always like to say, you know, you got to see, you got to listen to, you got to see, get the full context. Get the full um, context. Cut clips up. And even on Black Love, that's still not the full story. But at the end of the day, like that was a paramount moment because when I'm thinking about her character mm-hmm. and as men, and people who are shouldn't just say men, but it's people who ultimately want to get married. Like you got to get comfortable with going to spend your money and making a commitment to spend yeah. the rest of your life with somebody. And yeah. so for me, character was what I was buying into. Not this very beautiful face. Look at these curls. That was cool and all, but it was in those character moments that I said, Oh, this is the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. So it was super important for me to go through those sorts of things. Cause I got to see her character. And I want to say, ladies, don't be paying for these men. Don't be... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Pay for them. Focus on yourself, King. I'm I'm not a pay for them type girl. It was a one-time thing. It was was absolutely... He was going through a tough moment. But he had proven himself before. And even when he was unemployed, he would... If he was getting his unemployment checks, he would spend his last on me. So... If we were going out, he would still try to pay. Obviously, it was going to even out because I was going to have to pay once it's unemployed. For the next thing. Yeah, yeah. once it's unemployed. But he was always willing to give to me. So that is why I was willing to give back. I don't, I'm not dating no brokies. This podcast is brought to you by Nyorai Sellers. If you didn't know, Nyorai Sellers is the only black-owned wine company in Canada. Right now, I'm holding the Rosé, the 2021 Rosé bottle. This drink is amazing. I mean, it's perfect for those dishes such as seafood where you're cooking shrimp, you're having some pasta, whatever it is you're having, grab a bottle of Nirai Cellars, the rosé. If you're having a date night with your significant other, you know what to grab, grab the Nirai. Whatever it is, grab the Nirai. I mean, you will not go wrong with this wine. It's perfect for everybody. If you've never drank wine, this is a great bottle for you. Or even if you're a wine expert, you're an aficionado and you drink everything. I mean, you cannot go in your eye. I'm telling you, this wine is really, really good. And even though I'm boosting it this hard, is because I really love drinking it and I'm someone who loves to drink wine. So whatever it is, whatever the special occasion, check on your eye. They have Sauvignon Blancs, they have Rieslings. I'm holding the Rosé right now. They have a wide variety of different collections of different wines you can choose from. Make sure to check them out. The link is going to be in the description. Check them out, order a crate for yourself, or you can uh, send a gift to someone that you want to gift um, some wine to. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. So in your rye sellers, check them out. Link will be in the description. And I'm back to the show. So, so you shouldn't date no broke. 
not. He wasn't. He wasn't like the guy uh, with the movie tickets, right? <laughs> he was not the movie ticket guy. He was not taking me on coupon dates before he got unemployed. He I'm always good. took took me out. Yeah. He always paid. So yeah, yeah. did we freeze? Uh, it froze for a quick second. It froze for a quick second. But oh, okay. oh, yeah, 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 y'all back, y'all back. All right, awesome, awesome, awesome. Now we definitely need to get into the house party. You know, the, the business. business, you know, we're a business podcast. And one of the main yeah. things that really impressed me was what you built with R&B House Party. You know, I took the time to do it, to do a deep dive into it and the acquisition, you know, um, more than the clip because that was still so high level, so quick. Um, yeah. And first off, let's talk about launching R&B House Party, you know. Um, I actually got the first whiff of it from seeing it posted on Bridget Kelly's um, page. Shout out Bridget Kelly. Um, oh, what nice. was, <laughs> you know, what was your intention launching R&B House Party? The more subscribers we have, the better the guests get. So please hit subscribe. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so I'll go to the initial birth and then the rebirth. So right. initially, it was an R&B House Party, like a literal R&B music focused house party at a house. At my fraternity house, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, founded in 1906. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Represent. Y'all know. <laughs> um, because it was like disrupting the fraternity party thing that was going on where everybody strolled. Mm. It wasn't like engaging. And I wanted an engaging party because I'm from Chicago and that's just how He I wants to dance on women. Got, okay, cool. That's how I grew up. Well, good. Want to catch a ball. So I created that at the Alpha House and it went crazy. Uh, my, my Neos, they iterated on it, kept it going for a few years. And then in New York, fast forward six or seven years later, it's trap everything. Everything is future, me, ghosts, uh, 2 chain. It's just wild. And I'm not seeing the, the love. I'm not seeing the vibes that, again, I really enjoy. And I have a love turn up. It was good, but it was like every single time. Is Millie rocking on any block and uh, Bobby Smurdy? Oh, I was like, can I, can I get a sing? Can I get a vibe? But honestly, the important note is I would have never, ever started R&B House Party. That was never something hosting. And obviously, people can't even see me not in that light. But this is never something that was on my roadmap, my interest, any of that. She told me that I needed to do this. Um, and I just want to point out before she goes into her reason or rationale why. It's important that you have somebody in your corner, whether that is spouse, whether that is friend, whether that is parent, whether that is business associate, who could see your blind spots. Mm -hmm. Because our life is literally direct uh, benefit to her recognizing something in me that I did not see in myself, me taking that feedback critically and doing it. The biggest thing that you can do or the worst thing you can do is not do it. Like failing at it is is a learning lesson. That's that's actually a good thing because then you can grow and iterate. But like not doing is the absolute worst thing you can do. But worse than that is not knowing. So it was great that I was able to have somebody in my corner to say, hey, these people that you're going out spending your little money on, she told you who she is, so you know what she said. So like, you got a little bit of money now. <laughs> now you spend up your little money. When you need to be buying me a ring, you're paying for a wedding, going out buying drinks at these other people's parties, when these people are going to see you. So you want to tell them a little bit about what you were seeing? Yeah. So we, um, mm -hmm. he had a good friend who, did we freeze again? You're good. Keep going. You're good. Okay. We had a good friend who, um, he threw a party and Charles would always go. 
And at the time, we were already engaged. But now we're trying to plan for a wedding. We're trying to buy a house. Um, and he's literally take like every weekend going out. And I'm like. And when I say like going out, it's like I'm in the middle of the party. I'm doing all the current dance moves. I'm on Snapchats. I'm getting videos sent to me. The way y'all video got sent to me, I'm getting videos sent to me of like people like, oh, you went crazy this weekend. You going viral. But but it wasn't my part. He's also the person who when you go out, he's like, oh, this round on me. And he's going to put his card on the table. So when I say you're spending our little money, you are spending our little money because it's not like you're just going out. You're buying yourself one drink and you're coming home like I'm on a budget. <laughs> you're not doing that. So I'm like, that's great if we didn't need to budget right now in the season of our life for like our house, our wedding. Um, so he was going and I was like, why don't you start your own thing? Like you clearly are enjoying this. You enjoy going out. Like we're watching. We had a lot of friends in New York at that time who were throwing parties. I'm like, there's an appetite for it. There's enough people in the city to go around. I'm like, why don't you start your own thing? And he's like, should we? And I was like, yeah, even if it's just like for a few months and it helps us pay for our wedding, like it's just a little supplementary money. Like it's not going to, we're not going to live off of this in both of our heads. We were never supposed to live off of this. This was just Ever. like a little a thing project. To do. Yeah. And then if it didn't work, mm. like if it didn't work, if we got a few months of money off of it, it was great. That was just perfect for, for us and yeah. we were going to move on. So, yeah. so honestly, we didn't start it with a vision. We didn't start it with mm -hmm. like some like, oh, this is what we wanted to grow into. Mm -hmm. We started it with like, we need some extra money. This thing seems to work. It seems like it could be simple enough. Let's do it. So he, um, I'm from New York. He's not, but he had a decent group of friends. I had tons of friends from high school, from college, from work. So he was like, well, let's do it together. So we threw our first party in this like little bar in Harlem. We called ourselves the Turn Up Couple. Yeah. So it wasn't Charles Beloved. It was none of that. Like it was we the Turn Up Couple presents R&B House Party. We marketed Love it together it. and it was like... What was it, like 150 mm -hmm. person and, and the tagline was the party where you actually dance. Because I wanted to make it clear, this ain't the stuff that you've been doing. Mm -hmm. You come in here, we're going to dance. You're going to hear Next. You're going to hear Genuine. You're going to hear Mario. And we were very clear about that, but also didn't want to host the party. Um, I had an appetite. I thought that that might be something, but I was actually looking for hosts. Only reason I hosted the first one is from a PL perspective. We, we had no money. We had no money. So the DJs <laughs> did it pro bono for us. I couldn't pay a host. I used uh, to direct choirs. So I'm like, cool, I'll just feel the flow for the night. But after, and we saw that we had something, I was actually sourcing a host to host a party. I just wanted to do infrastructure, which sounds crazy today. As respectfully. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. He's, a, he's an amazing host. I, okay, I great. Because I don't want to say it because it sounds like I'm self-golden. It's is a gift. It an is literally. amazing host. He knows how to get the energy right and high. I have... We have been, we have had flop parties where he's hosted, and I'm like, if these hundred people don't go home, so like it's a bad party. Like, <laughs> parties, they're like, oh, we having a great time here, and we still end up at the club till three a.m. because people are drinking and dancing. I'm like, it's fifty of y'all. Can y'all go home? <laughs> um, but he is like a great host, brings great energy. Um, but he had to work to get there, and I gave him some feedback in the beginning. I was like, you're talking a lot over the tracks, and I'm trying to listen to the song, and we're trying to dance to the music, and so it. He had to learn that it was an art, right? And yeah. I think people 
look mm-hmm. at throwing a party and hosting and they're like it's so easy you just turn on a mu- turn mm-hmm. on some music and like you intro the song and I'm like it really is an art because I have had DJs like the the mood is up here and then the next yeah. track they transition to brings it down yeah. cuz in addition to that like people don't cuz it's a social thing they don't understand the business behind mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and that's where respectfully I think that knowing that we had something the business hat mm-hmm. came on very, 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 very quickly. So it went from like a, mm-hmm. oh, this is a cool hobby to a very strategic thing for us mm-hmm. very quickly. And this was my thought partner. So we gonna get into the business and the economics behind it. I, wish, I know we're here. <laughs> we have to get a little bit of context, but like we get to the business. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So speaking of the business, you know, one thing you mentioned on Morgan DeBond's podcast, shout out the journey, uh, is that you recognize that you had a strategic opportunity with partnerships as well as um, going city to city. Break that down. Like, what was the thought process there? So when she mentioned we had bad parties, it was like in that time, right? So we were saving for our wedding. Things were going well. We went from um, a $5 per head model that we got at this initial venue and then maxed out at 75% capacity to like a free before model. And then we charge, you know, $10. And then when the party felt full, charge $20. Uh, trying to get some type of bar percentage um, back. So that was just kind of how we made our money. One would be good. And we're like, okay, let's do it again. That one would be bad. And if you don't hit your $20,000 bar guarantee, well, 20 at that point, but your $5,000 bar guarantee, the bar made $2,500, you got to pay $2,500. And so seeing the ebbs and flows of that, doing something in one location, it was two learnings that came out of that. It was like, A, don't oversaturate. You never want to be the event that people feel like they can miss. So if you do have to be in one market, you need to be giving people something new, something unique in a way that they want to come back to um, and that they want to put on that special fit that they say. I always say, when you see the Charles, you see the, the you see the Blavity House party, that outfit that you got that you just waiting to wear, that's the event that I want you to be able to wear it to. Uh, so it was that. And then secondarily, from a touring perspective, it was clear that, again, if you have to do it frequent, you hit other markets. Because as soon as we started doing this, we were using social to our advantage, IG, Snapchat, etc. All of the people in Chicago, Facebook, etc. We were doing Facebook posts. We had mm-hmm. a Facebook page. When are you doing one in Chicago? When are you doing one in Chicago? And I said, oh, my God. There's an appetite for this outside of our little bubble, our, our initial market. Mm-hmm. Again, risks. Financial risks. And because we realized that we wanted to do this, it was never an appetite for me to quit my job and do this full time because we were taking actual money from out of our account to finance this. What I realized about the experience is that it was unique and what we were building needed to have some level of consistency if we toured. So that meant paying for five flights. That meant, especially if you all are going to to this, um, the output of like our Post recaps, our digital marketing, our fly. I wanted all of that to feel the same. So I flew out my same photographers. I flew out my same videographers. I didn't want it to feel different for anybody. I wanted my recap to feel the same. Never wanted booty shaking in my recap. I need my guy who knows how to show that it was a good time so that people in the other markets, as we're going and expanding, want to be a part of it. So it was a very strategic thing. And so it wasn't like, like a profit driver for us we got through the wedding which was like july we started this in like february but after that it was okay let's focus on building and not making money and so we were just like constantly reinvesting we would do one 
Some would be good. Then we moved to the Bay. And then the Bay one was bad, but mm -hmm. we got a new listserv there. Then we're like, let's try in Atlanta. And so we were building like opportunistically some different listserv and like, uh, 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 pardon me, I want to block your face, uh, building up some followings in these areas. And then the brands start to be like, oh, can you do an event for us in Atlanta? Can you do an event for us in Chicago? Have you ever done an event on the West Coast? Actually, yes, I did one in the Bay. Granted, it didn't go too well. They don't know that. But I did it. <laughs> but I do it. Oh, so can you market it? Absolutely, I can. And then I started getting checks from brands where bar bar revenue didn't matter. You didn't need to charge the ticket. They're giving you 50% upfront before you even walk inside the door. And that's when I said... Oh, I like this. This this feels this feels right to me. And so we became obsessive with uh, identifying brand partnerships based off of you know the I'm gonna say the CRM, but like we started building started building like a a relationship management applicant tracking system. We had a we. Look, demographic. I'll just say demographic. Yeah, you can say CRM. Listen, we salespeople. We know CRMs. We know HubSpot. I started you know building. I to know where these folks ate, where they yeah. slept. We sent end of year surveys with, you know what I mean? With the goal, with like, oh, we'll give you a bottle. We'll give you a drizzly. Drizzly wasn't out at that time, but hey, fill out our survey. And so we started to want to know everything about these people so we could build a deck. And uh, that was when we started to transition. So Shireen is my amazing strategic third thought partner. But she kind of started to phase out a little bit um, and focus on home and allow me to be able to do all this traveling. And then I brought on a true COO, my business partner, Kareem. And then he and I, we were like... Let's get to it. And I was kind of out of So, Charles, like, you love partying. Like, you are doing, like, you got into this, so you love partying. Walk us through that transitioning to making this, like, a business. Like, did your love for partying go, I mean, it's still probably there, but were you partying as long as, as you're doing these other events? Like, how do you separate business and actually having fun at the same time and combining both of those things that you love to do? She going to smile because it's not fun for me. It's a job. We're here it is work. work. It's a job. It is work. Period. Point blank. And I wish, because I'm just a fun person, people got to see the aftermath of what I give. I put on performances, right? And then not just that, I don't just operate as talent, which was the biggest blessing ever for me to ultimately be talent and also business owner. Because, you know, economically, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a brand risk. Because I'm not going to do nothing stupid to mess up my own brand. But if, if somebody else is the face, you're, you know, you, you're at the whim of their ability to see your vision or be brand safe. No, 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 no. Charles is the brand. Yeah, we good. But also on the CEO, all of the pre-work that goes into it, uh, meetings and um, the, the logistics, I'm running all of that. Then the day of, I actually have to execute and be on stage and be talent at a party. So when it's done, I'm literally... Like done, frozen in time, tired mm -hmm. by putting that together, and then you add on the fact that I'm doing that 18 to 20 weeks a year. It was literally insane. So it was not fun. Like it is a fun field, and I smile and I laugh and I kiss babies, but I'm very meticulous. And if there's a follow up podcast uh, by my guy uh, Will Will Lucas, it's called Black Tech Green Money. When we got into like the ethos of the party, he was actually like, yo, I saw you screaming at your DJ because they missed a drop. But nobody in the party knew that because I'm like really curating these events. So, again, and I tell my team, my team, oh, you always so angry. 
It's not fun. It's a it's a job. We have people paying really good money. Brands are paying real American U.S. dollars to for us to be able to curate these experiences for people and for them to walk away feeling good and positive about that. So I don't play with that. It's not a game to me. Yeah, and I will say, people think because it's a party, it's fun. But I'm like, y'all gotta think. If the party starts at nine, we're there at eight. Yeah, we're not the we're not the club promoters. I don't pull up at midnight and the party halfway and full. No, 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 that's a different type of thing. And good shout out to those people. We run a business. And then if the party ends at two, we're there till two two thirty, making sure it ends. Talking to the manager, like yo, let us know the the final bar, right? Like so, even even me, like. I'm not sitting in the yeah. section waiting yeah. for it, telling him, can you let the bottles come out? People are like, the door's up. My friends are texting me like, the door's a mess. I'm downstairs scanning tickets, working with the yeah. door people, telling yeah. the security, like, hey, these people bought a table. Can we get them upstairs? Yeah. Like, So while he's on the stage or in the DJ booth, like trying to get the vibe right, I am trying to get every single person into the venue. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. you took your time. You got dressed. You came here. I want to make. You might have to wait a little bit, but I want to make sure you get inside the club. So customer service is like mm-hmm. P zero fox. Yes, yes. Yeah. It is a, a whole moment. You know, it's not partying. You are having an event business, you know. And one of the main things that goes throughout is just focus. You are just focused on everybody being served and you're trying to just juggle, making sure everything's happening. I've I've done it and it is treacherous. Yeah. Now <laughs> moving forward enters Morgan DeBond. Yes. Did you pitch her Afrotech? I did. I did. <laughs> so the first year, we attended Afrotech as an attendee. It was like the second or third Afrotech ever. Uh, but we just went as attendees, and it was insane. All the parties were lit. All the conference speakers were lit. It was the best time of my adult professional life. And so they did not need me. Whatsoever, I want to be very clear, and I thought I was throwing, in my opinion, the best little R&B parties in the world at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So I reached out to her and I said, "Hey, I just had the time of my life. We had mutuals. We had met prior to. I was like, here's my deck. Here are my photos. Here are my videos. She never had been. She never experienced it. Had no, I no who he was. value in giving me a shot. But all of that stuff. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm taking a step. Taking a step back." When, I'm, when I say pitch Morgan DeBond Afrotech, I'm saying when you met Morgan DeBond, you pitched her Afrotech? Like, oh, yo, you should go to this thing. Is that... Is oh, that... yes. He was embarrassed and came That was an embarrassing moment of my life. I did pitch her to attend Afrotech. I did. Because I heard about it. Wow. And everybody made it seem like the thing to do. And she, when I met her, she was just like, I'm in tech. And I was like, oh, well, you should come to Afrotech that's coming soon. She was like... Oh, really? Tell me about it. Tell me about it. That is a classic Morgan Troll moment. So <laughs> I did pitch her in that regard, but I also pitched her thereafter, attending the first one, R&B okay, okay. House. Being okay. House. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. All right. So, 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 so move, moving forward, moving forward. Um, walk us through that pitch, because that pitch is like is a game-changing pitch, right? What made it, it what, 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 in, what in your opinion made it the game-changing pitch that it was? A, uh, the person she had already met me i would assume she liked me we ended up building a friendship thereafter but we were not friends at that point um but she did probably you know have positive things to say about me and if she you know checked my carfax with our mutuals they also probably had 
positive things to say about me and if they went to my event had a good time so i would just say brand reputation matter passing the front page test matter but then my consistency of what we deliver from an asset perspective she couldn't she never been but she you could feel the vibe mm -hmm. you can't fake energy mm -hmm. you can fake a lot of things but energy is not something that can be faked so if you're looking at the recaps and you just see people standing around bored sipping hookah doing this at the screen that's not dancing that's not singing that's not like you can't fake that in the recap that's a fact. so in our team knew how to capture that so she saw it reviewed it and i think those two things together was like hey let's give them a shot but it wasn't a big shot it wasn't a thousand person party it wasn't the kickoff party it was the brunch sunday when everybody was leaving of 150 people but i took that as an opportunity i didn't have an ego hit i don't even throw brunches i threw like one brunch christmas it was called it was like new year's day it was like the hangover brunch i hated brunches low p and uh low roi you got f and b People get mad about their food. I was like, I just want to throw parties. But I did it anyway. And that was what opened the door because it turned into a crazy brunch. And she was like, sure, she, I'm not going to put words on my mouth. If he could do that for a brunch, he probably is really good at what he's actually good at. Mm -hmm. now, and then after brunch, the next year, he said, so can we do it again? <laughs> yeah. And then I, I asked right after, like, can I do a party now? Yeah. I, 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 I did what you asked. Let me let me do my thing and let's see. And then it just started to take off from there. Mm, got it, got it, got it. So it started small, a small pitch, a small win, and then you asked for something bigger after. So basically you were giving first and then asking for something bigger that fits what you were aiming to go for. Now that's yep. really smart. Now let's talk about the acquisition. You know, um, a lot of our audience are young black entrepreneurs and want to be at a stage where they can become acquired, right? What are some of the lessons you learned from going through the acquisition and how did it even start? Yeah. So we'll talk about how it started. Then we'll talk about the lessons. So how it started is, um, wow, well, I pause, but how it started is, and I was just wanted to say this in a clear way. I feel like she was scouting me and I didn't know. And I was as blind as anybody could possibly be to the fact that she was vetting me. Um, and on her podcast, she said, the person that's going to acquire you is not some random company that has one meeting randomly set up on your... There, there's going to be a relationship there. Mm -hmm. And in the year of 2022, I was doing the most international things I had ever done. We were doing our biggest brand partnerships. And I want to say that 80% of it Morgan was there I, as a friend. I will say that as a friend, but her business mind never turns off. Yeah. She joined me when we did an event in Croatia. She joined me when we did an event in Ghana and had a chance to wrap her doing Tell Me. She saw all of this stuff. And I think she just put it in her mental Rolodex. Rolodex. Yeah. And when the opportunity came, when opportunity meets the work, you got something special. And opportunity came because I got laid off. And she was transparent after the fact and telling me that she would have never asked to acquire me unless I was willing to do this full time. Um, and as long as I have my day job, I was never going to be willing to go full time at this. And she said, for you or person X to be able to deliver what I'm going to need them to deliver, I need all of their mind focused solely on this. So the day I got laid off, 
She had her Rolodex locked in mentally of what we were capable of. She didn't have the financials, but she could do math. She could look at the people. She could look at the reach. She could look at the light count, all of that. And she said, hey, hey, come to death row. Um, <laughs> so that was literally how, how we came about. Now, as far as the learning lessons, number one, business folks. Everybody want to call themselves a business folks CEO, but is your business in order? <laughs> Are you a business person if your business is not in order? So get your business right. I thought my business was right. But until you get a due diligence checklist in your inbox where you have to give them everything short of your social security and your firstborn, you will realize there's a lot more business to business. So, you know, future growth projects, like there were things that we just put off because we're in go, go, go mode. So I would say have annual planning sessions, whether you are doing a podcast, whether you're doing a party, whether you actually have a product, a tangible product, like end of year, look backs. And I, I had a team. It wasn't like I was just doing everything by myself. We would just put it off. Now, again, we had an accountant. He's like, bro, have a data room, have a data room. Here's the link to the data room. Say, hey, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to just pay you, do my taxes. Make sure I ain't got to pay the crazy bill. You know, trump me out. Help me out. Give me the trump. <laughs> Give me the trump and we good. Um, like, I should have had all of that stuff together, consolidated all of our financial reports, our understanding of that stuff. Um, and it because we did not, we had to do a crazy sprint. Um, and we had our business together to a certain extent, but it wasn't perfect. So if you're starting out, you're early mingling or mixing in your stuff, which what we did at the very infancy, infancy of RBI's party. It was all of our accounts, all of our money. Year two, three, we got a crazy tax bill. It's like, oh no, I don't like this. I was like, oh, because you should have a business account. You should have an LLC. You should have a business credit card. You should put all of your expenses there. So then we started to get structured from an accounting perspective. But then there's business things that we still needed to do. Do you own RBI's party? Do you have the trademark? Do you, what's, you know what I'm saying? So it was just so much more that we then needed to do at that three year mark. But then there was more that we needed to do to be put in position for like a six-year mark. And I don't feel like we were where we should have been in totality of what acquisition would have needed, you know what I mean, um, at that point. And so I'm just telling people, like, focus on your business as your P0. I had somewhat of an excuse because I'm talent as well. But if I was solely CEO, I would have fired myself because those are things that I should have been taken care of, but I just was not. But I give myself some grace. I was literally running the parties too, so. Yeah. When when she's acquiring the R&B house party, like what is she really acquiring? Right. Just for because when we think about acquisitions, people think about tech platforms, they're doing due diligence, how many users, how often are they using the platform. Right. And the business is like you are the main guy, you're the nucleus. Mm -hmm. So as you're thinking about scaling, how do you duplicate yourself to continue having that same experience, whether like you're in Ghana, yeah. Croatia, because yeah. There's going to be a time you're going to have five parties at yeah. once. And how do you get those like SOPs to still get that same feeling mm -hmm. that if you're in Atlanta, you're getting the same feeling you're in, in Toronto. Yeah. So how did you go in about like getting that done? So two things. A is she did an asset purchase agreement. So she did actually purchase our tangible assets, meaning trademark, meaning listservs meaning name Instagram that was page. yeah instagram handle or following or that was what she actually bought from us so that it's just clear to everybody what uh the, the acquisition looked like but as people ask me whenever i was telling them, like, yo, 
you know, I'm getting acquired. I'm saying she's acquiring vibes. That's literally what I, I felt. But to, to be clear, I'm a senior level employee at the company. So it was it was it was twofold. And I don't know that somebody else could have strategically fit into this space as as well as I did wearing two hats. I was a senior person in tech for the last five plus years, but also a CEO at night and also talent. So I'm actually signed in three different capacities uh, within Blackly. I'm signed as an employee. I have my responsibilities uh, as a Blavity house party partner. And then I am Charles Beloved, the entity as talent. But of those three, the least important is Charles Beloved, the talent, because I'm sitting more in an executive producer seat. Um, I, as long, along with the team, we feel very strongly about the brand and the mission and the vision. And that's not just a Charles thing anymore. It's way, way bigger than Charles Blavity House Party. RB House Party, Charles. Cool, 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 cool. Blavity House Party is not Charles. And so it's an opportunity for this rebrand, for this new thing, for people to be able to come in and still feel the vibes. She's still acquired the same vibes. You're going to feel um, included. It's going to be an inclusive space. It's going to feel like it's a house party. All that stuff, the brand values stay the same, but you, you're you blowing it up. You're making it broader so that more people feel welcome into the house. I feel like I'm preaching now. Um, and so that's what it looks like. So that's not just Charles being the only host. That's multiple hosts. That's Amplifying female DJ. That's that's just a lot more that's mm -hmm. gonna happen under this new broader ecosystem of festival, us being at every tent pole moment across your calendar. Um I'm trying to get to care of that. It was one of my favorites. Hey, oh bro, come on, my come favorite. on. You know I'm Jamaican, bro. Come on. Stop so that's it. What it ultimately looks like is it's not about me anymore. It's about we. And there's an incredible we out there that we're gonna be able to use our new platform. Uh, to benefit the community. You know, I completely see the vision. You know, um, Blavity has Afrotech and Afrotech has become a monster when it comes to having events from the um, organization when it comes to, you know, the uh, the line management and the logistics, all the intricacies of yeah. having a successful event and applying that to a festival and combining your skill of being able to curate culture and applying that to the logistical prowess of Bravity in, in order to, you know, capture partnerships, putting that together, I see that being like a, a, a big win. So it makes a lot of sense when you think about it from that perspective. And I only see big things happening in the future, you know, it's like the opposite of um, what's that Ja Rule? What's that Ja Rule uh, thing you tried to do? Firefest? It's, it's, like it's like the exact opposite Firefest. of Firefest, you know what I'm saying? So, so most definitely. Now, working towards wrapping up, you know, I want to make sure I'm respect respectful of you guys' time. You know, Shireen, for the for the guys like us that want a woman that would support us, what are some of the traits and qualities that you think we should make sure we're maintaining to mm -hmm. attract a woman that would support us through our journey? Yeah, so I think Charles, the one thing I saw in Charles really early on was that he cares very deeply for people. Um, even when he was talking about army house party, he was like, you know, custom, like I wanted to create a vibe. It was less about the money. So I think he has a heart for people. And to me, that's something like you can't fake that. Right. Like if you care about people, you care about people. I've seen him when we were, you know, making no money, still give a homeless person some, some of his money. So I think for me, it was like, he had a lot of good intrinsic qualities. 
Um, he's a man of integrity. He's a man of loyalty. Like all those things were super important for me. And then, yes, I saw, I was like, this guy's super passionate. I think he has a lot of drive. I think that drive fell off when he got unemployed, but I was like, I, I think he needs something to spark the fire again. And when he got the, his next job after unemployment, it was a hustle job, right? Like it was a, he was in a kind of a salesy kind of role. Agency recruiting. He was agency recruiting. So the headhunters that call you like, I'm working with a client that has a role. And you're like, who's the client? I can't tell you. <laughs> but he was able to take that job and turn it in, like literally double it. So to me, I was like, he got a little hustle burning in him. And I know that was something that was important for me. I grew up in a single, it was just my mom that raised me. And I was like, I'm not about to live like that. So we got to get it how we live. Um, and I was like, I think together we can we can do something amazing. But also I was in my 20s, right? So like that hustle spirit was like fun then because like we don't have any... I think now when we're in our 30s and I'm talking to my friends, I'm like, yeah, you should want to date a man who's a bit more established. All of my friends, the females are established. So I think you also need to kind of date where you are, right? Like, so my female friends, they want someone who, they want a millionaire, but they want someone who can like support them, take them out to nice dinners, maintain a nice lifestyle. I think that is completely okay to want. Um, and I think as a man, you know, we see all these memes like, oh, I didn't have no money to date. I'm like, that's okay too. Like, either be honest, like, hey, right now is a downtime. I'm trying to do this. We can't, I can't afford to take you to a super fancy dinner. Let's do something smaller. There is a woman who will be like, okay, that's cool. I respect your honesty. Like, let's go get coffee. Let's go get Starbucks. I think the worst thing you can do is like provide a vibe that you can't maintain. Don't take me to a, a nice fancy steakhouse on day one and day two, you try to take me to a taco truck. And it's not, it's not to say that like there can't be taco truck dates, but I'm like, you started a vibe. You got to maintain that vibe along the way, right? That's the vibe that I'm like, oh, okay. Day one, I'm like, oh, this is fancy. Oh, look at these prices. Like this is kind of- Not look at these prices. I mean- Wow! I have to do part two. Do part like, two on the methodology. <laughs> but I, I think for guys, you need to be honest about where you are in life, mm -hmm. um, who you are as a person. Like, if you're in school, I'm in school. That's going to tell me as a woman, like, okay, he has future earning potential, but it might be tight right now. So, and I think the right woman will meet you right where you're at. Mm. Mm, big gems, big gems. Awesome, y'all. Well, man, thank y'all for joining the podcast. Um, I'm really excited to see what y'all develop. You know, I was talking to Charles offline, yeah. and mm -hmm. I was like, man, I see y'all being the Kadena DeVal of this wow. game. You know what I'm saying? So I, I want to say that on, on record as well, because I completely uh, believe in that, you know? Um, oh, and last question before you wrap up. No, nah, man, I think we covered everything. Um, and just to be respectful of time, like... Uh, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate this was dope. Again, thank y'all for clip. Yeah. Keep growing, keep killing it. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna be chopped in and connected. Y'all, y'all homies now. And mm -hmm. uh yeah, mm -hmm. I would just say key takeaway, keep doing that highly produced clip styles. Like that was mm -hmm. the most beautiful, yeah, immaculately done thing I have seen on the internet in a long time, and I mean it. And I spend my day on Instagram. It's part of my job too. So <laughs> don't think I'm gonna be doing uh, keep up the great work, man. Y'all got yes. a great thing going here. Awesome, y'all. Y'all take out. it easy. The hustle is what you can't control. So control your grind and control your life. I'm Alex. 
And I'm Moino Sende. And we're Charles and Shereen. Charles, I love you. You know the vibes. Blobby House Party. We out. We out, y'all. Peace. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Make sure you visit hustleovereverything.co and cop some fire merch that we have in the store. And then we'll see you in the next episode. Mm